1: tennis swimming so. lacrosse whatever you need me to play i'm gonna go do it if it's some money on the line i'm gonna go do it you like it you think cleveland's cool i mean i never heard anybody say i'm going
2: to cleveland on vacation but if
1: y'all waiting on me to apologize hell going gone oh, wait though. not a game not a, not a, not the game that i go out there and and die for
0: all right we want to welcome on to the points of the paint podcast talking memphis grizzlies joe mullinax co-host of locked on grizzlies Freelance and NBA writer for the Step Back uh, for Fan Cited. Joe, how are you?
2: I'm okay. I've right. gone through a lot of uh, individual change. Uh, mm-hmm. I was at uh, Grizzly Bear Blues for several years, and then I passed that on to my, my Padawan learner, my, my protege. Nice. Parker Fleming does a great job mm-hmm. over there. He's on the ground there in Memphis, you know, so it makes more sense for them to have somebody uh, that actually can be like a beat writer almost for them now. And I get to give my terrible Memphis Grizzlies takes in the same area with someone who is a beat writer for the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, my co-host Michael Cole for Lockdown Grizzlies. So I get to continue to follow the Memphis Grizzlies and not feel as bad that I'm not there night in and night
0: out. So you got to feel it. Yeah, wind, you know, you're still there,
1: time. even if you're not there. So that, that works. Correct. That's
0: how. <laughs> that's how I'm hoping to see it. There we go. It's perfect. So, I guess focusing on the Grizzlies and what's happening right now with preseason games, what has just been your general reactions to, to how they've looked and, and seemed in the preseason?
2: John Morant's going to be a, a dark horse MVP candidate the first 20 games, at least. That yes. schedule, if you look at this right. early run, is not that tough. Combine that with Jaron Jackson Jr. being out, and they're going to need Ja to be that dude yep. on a consistent basis. I think that if he comes out averaging 30 points a night, you shouldn't really be surprised. I'm not saying he's going to maintain it for a full 82. Injuries are a fair concern. Like I think we even talked about last year. Uh, But all of that considered, at least to start the season, John Morant is going to come out guns a blazing. He looks ready right now. I'm excited for what Zaire Williams is going to be. (laughs) Yeah, guns a blazing. You heard me. Uh, Just like a big 12 would say, you heard me. I think that Zaire Williams is going to be somebody to watch in terms of a sixth man type of player that has a six, nine height and size, but he's not someone that you try to force into a small ball four kind of role mm. like you would with Kyle Anderson. He's played almost exclusively the two. So he is a true perimeter based player at six foot nine. Obviously his frame hasn't gained as much weight as of yet, but he's still very young coming out of Stanford. He was young. And he's a player that I think is going to get a lot of opportunity with this team. And he, he looks primed to be in a good spot for them. And then another thing to watch for the Grizzlies starting the season is who replaces Jaron Jackson Jr. in the starting five. Mm-hmm. How long Jaron is actually out is up for debate. Some folks uh, say he's going to be out till January. The things that I've heard most recently, along with uh, my co-host Michael Cole, again, a beat writer for the Grizzlies there in Memphis, is maybe late November, early December. You know, don't think that he's going to miss more than half the season. If that is the case, obviously Memphis's prospects go up. But in the short term, everyone can agree he's not going to play come opening night against the Knicks. So Santi Aldama, believe it or not, old Santi Claus himself is in the mix to be that starting four. And I think he's going to surprise some people in terms of how he's improved his game, both near and at the rim, as someone who can shoot the three, he, the Grizzlies are almost undefeated in the last three or four years when it comes to development of these players. And I think Santi Aldama is going to be the next example of that. I mean, John Conchar being on an NBA roster is a great example of that. I think Santi Aldama is going to be another, as he doesn't replace Jaron, obviously. It's hard to replace a unicorn, but I think <laughs> he's going to replicate what Jaron does better than people anticipate.
1: Now, see, you just talked Trip J and the simple fact that he's not going to be in. That was one of the questions we were going to ask you, too, is that, like, you know, what's going to be the the starting lineup or, like, the evaluation sure. process for Taylor Jenkins, you know, for them to bring out a new starting five for to really replace Trip J?
2: Well, I think it's going to be Morant, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Santi Aldama, and Steven Adams. I think that's going to be the starting five opening night. And a lot of people are going to say, Santi Aldama? Who the hell is that? Uh, He is their first round pick from 2021 and he has come a long way. He has good range on his jumper. He can shoot the three. He is versatile enough offensively that you have to at least respect his handle. He's certainly not Jaron in that way, but what Santi provides is he also allows for you to keep Brandon Clark in a reserve role. And I think that is the best use of Clark is when he's that bench big That brings energy, almost like a Montrezl Harrell back in the day. He's kind of got that vibe to him in terms of what the best use of Brandon Clark is. Uh, Jake LaRavia could be in that mix, uh, a rookie that uh, is out of Wake Forest for Memphis, one of their first-round picks. David Roddy out of Colorado State is another guy who seems to look like he might be the Kyle Anderson replacement, that versatile 3-4 combo forward. Um, Even Dylan Brooks, if you think back to the Minnesota Timberwolves series, uh, Dylan played some small ball for and defended Carl anthony Towns at times and didn't look terrible at it. I'm not sure that Taylor Jenkins wants to do that consistently. But that's one of the good things about the depth of the Memphis Grizzlies. I think it'll be Santi Aldama replacing Jaron to start. But if that doesn't work, or even if it's matchup-based, it's almost like a baseball pitcher going, you know, righty-lefty, lefty-righty, <laughs> whatever the matchups might be, you can kind of say, okay, this might be a night where it makes more sense to start Brandon. Or this might be a night where Brandon gets more minutes. Or this might be a night where we even try Dylan there at the four. They have options even more so than they had last season. Maybe they're not experienced options, but in terms of physical bodies, they are much more versatile in terms of their bigger players than they were last season. And Aldama will get the first crack at it among that. The the, the Morant, Bain, Brooks, Adams, those are the starting four for sure. Mm-hmm. Aldama will probably get the first shot at trying to replace Jaron.
1: See – it's it, that's very interesting you say that right because I'm over here thinking about Brandon Clark and I'm like mm-hmm. I swear he's up for contract if I'm not mistaken he
2: is and so and he like, might have my- let slip that he's going to get an extension uh, he he kind of stuttered a little bit at media day not stuttered but he you know he kind of stepped into his words a little bit making it sound like he was planning on being around for a little while longer so <laughs> we expect a contract extension to be announced with Brandon Clark here in the next week or so.
1: Yeah, and so that brings me to the question where it's like, okay, they're going to extend him. Mm Do they think they should start him?
2: (laughs) Well, I think that's one of the unique things about Grizzlies culture, right? And uh, and it's kind of funny to be able to say that. They're going to make fun of Grizzlies fans like they make fun of Heat fans and Heat culture. Uh, The Grizzlies aren't far behind. (laughs) Their vibes are pretty immaculate, and they have guys that genuinely like playing with each other. They genuinely like each other. You don't see that very often, and especially if you pay attention to the NBA at large, like you guys do, you can appreciate a team that genuinely likes each other, uh, because oh, yeah. that's not the norm uh, throughout the NBA. So, um, whether it's John Morant and Bain having the relationship they do, Morant literally gave Bain his Most Improved Player award. Uh, it was there in Bain's house when Bain came home. Um, you know, these guys genuinely enjoy being around each other, and I think that when Clark, with Clark, it's not an ego thing just like it's not really an ego thing with any of the Grizzlies. Uh, Steven Adams was asked about being the starting center, returning for another year. He signed an extension recently, and he talked about, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you talk to Coach Jenkins? Like, did did he tell you I'm starting? Because I don't know that I'm starting. (laughs) Um, You you know what I mean? Like, I genuinely believe that this is a group of guys, with the possible exception of Dylan Brooks, and I don't want to put words in Dylan's mouth. That's not fair to him. Just the way that Dylan carries himself, he seems like he'd be like a mamba light this is my spot. Uh, and maybe that doesn't fit long term with Memphis. You'll notice that Dylan Brooks hasn't gotten an extension yet. You haven't really heard a ton of talk about that either. So I, I think that when you look at this roster, and Dylan has done nothing to be negative towards the team, but I do believe that there is a certain culture that is being built that it's a next man up mentality, right. whatever's best for the team. And that's one of the benefits of only having one free agent on your roster. Tyus Jones is the only guy that the Grizzlies front office signed outside of the Grizzlies organization. Everybody else, they either traded for or they drafted. And that is how you build a team, especially in a small market, that can establish a culture like that, like the Grizzlies have built.
0: Yeah, that's that's really impressive. And, and honestly, speaking of building a team, the Grizzlies have gone from kind of this darling Cinderella underdog team to yep. now a legitimate threat to a lot of these teams in the West. Mm -hmm. How do you expect them to start the season and and react and the type of play that they're going to have now that they're kind of the, the hunter now instead or the hunted now instead of the hunter.
2: I think that a lot of it has to do with Jaron Jackson Jr.'s return. And I think it's going to have to do with it in a way that maybe you don't anticipate me saying, I think they're going to start hot because John Moran's going to dominate. Very few people in the NBA can defend John Moran. And I think that he's going to, to take motivation from the fact that the NBA GM survey came out and oh I'm the fastest and oh I'm the most athletic but I'm not even getting a single vote from an NBA GM for being the best point guard in this league I think he's going to take that as a personal slight and he he's should. just going to burn he's going to burn the world down is my anticipation for John Moran um, I think that the key to this season say Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back 25 games in and the Grizzlies okay. are 17 and eight right, in that ballpark. I think that's possible for them if you look at their early schedule. And Jaron is the same player that he was last year. Defensively, that's a great thing. He was very explosive on that end, first team all-NBA defense. Great season there. He was not good offensively. He was in the same realm as Cade Cunningham, who was a rookie playing on a really bad team, and Julius Randle, who everybody wanted to get the hell out of New York. (laughs) In terms of offensive efficiency, those were his brethren in terms of shot attempts and usage compared to actual points scored per attempt, according to cleaning the glass. So my concern is when Jaron returns, how does he get integrated? What did they do with him? That doesn't mean that you don't start him. Obviously you start him. He's your best two-way player, but he still needs to develop relationships (laughs) with John Morant. He still needs to, find a way in the pick and roll yeah. that is not been as effective of a relationship you got you, see,
1: you got me now you got me thinking I'm over here thinking Joe about their about the Memphis Grizzlies offense and how you know yeah. sometimes I'd be disappointed with Trip J because I mm-hmm. feel like he's on the perimeter a little too much and they can utilize right. him a little more like you say in that pick and roll game or maybe a little more high low
2: with uh, Steven Adams what do you think of that he has a sneaky good handle Depending on the matchup, he, he has a decent ability to create for himself off the dribble. He's obviously not jaw. He's not Dylan Brooks in that way or Desmond Bain. But he, depending on who's guarding him, he can take dudes off the dribble. Jaron has that physical ability. I think that the biggest thing for Jaron is continuing to find ways to utilize his size. He is a legitimate six foot 11, almost seven foot tall guy. He's never going to be a back-to-the-basket big. That's not what Taylor Jenkins and the Grizzlies want him to do. What they need him to do is be able to use that size to get to the basket and finish effectively at the rim. That's not a strength of his. It's yet to be a strength of his. And until it is, I think that the Grizzlies' half-court offense, which struggled last year, that was one of their major weaknesses, is going to continue to have issues. I think that you'll see improvement in that area while Jaron is out, but maybe not so bold prediction jaron comes back how do you get him into the fold you need him to be a championship contending team i'm not saying you don't try i'm saying that that integration come december and january might be a little more challenging than grizzlies fans are anticipating
0: there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip
1: i'd like to check into the centurion lounge or how it seems like you always
0: get those hard to snag tables Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Dylan Brooks, uh, are we going to see either like a a next (laughs) jump for him or are we going to see him (laughs) get his mojo back?
2: I think you might see him traded by the trade deadline. Whoa, CE out um, here. <laughs> well, I'm being honest with you now. You, you've got two guys on the roster that don't necessarily fit. I
1: was not. One
2: because of position. That would be Xavier Tillman. Xavier Tillman is a center who they are yes. trying to teach power forward. And in the Grizzlies offense, to Michael Cole and I talk about this a lot on Lockdown Grizzlies, in the Grizzlies offense, one through four is pretty interchangeable, which is kind of humorous to think about. Jaron Jackson Jr. running the point. But Zierk the way that they execute a it. Because
1: Zierka run a point.
2: Absolutely. And there's a lot of guys that have taken on that responsibility in the past. It's one of the John ja Morant, they're better without John ja Morant myths. That's not a – one of the reasons they're able to have success is because a lot of these guys play similar positions. You can put pieces in and it integrates. The five is different in that offense. That's your Steven Adams position. That's what Xavier Tillman kind of thrives in is that five. But Brandon Clark is a better five than him. You're trying to get Jaron Jackson Jr. more opportunities in those minutes. How does X fit in the front court? That would be the concern with X long-term. With Dylan Brooks, I mentioned it a little bit a moment ago. How does he fit in terms of the long-term construction of this roster? You've got Zaire Williams waiting in the wings, six foot nine, Mm -hmm. young, on a rookie contract. Desmond Bain's about to get paid, boys, possibly more than Jaron Jackson Jr. got paid. He's looking at Tyler Hero, who is not as good as Desmond Bain, and laughing because that was a hell of a deal. Talk, okay, Bain tell us take. how you feel. It's <laughs> true. Look at the numbers. A much more efficient score. If Bain was in that take, role, he would, would, would have to Tyler, Would you take Desmond over Tyler? I'm taking Bain over Tyler. Hill, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm I mean, also biased, in fairness. I think I I think oh, I would. When yeah, I, think it, I think about it, I think I would. Yeah, he's like
1: – he has all the strength and the tools and the size defensively. I think from the defensive – defensively alone, I think I'm probably taking Desmond Bain. And in terms of three-point shooting, there three are two shooting, dudes
2: better imagine. at it than Desmond Bain, and they both play for the Golden State Warriors. They're Steph Curry and they're Klay Thompson. I'm not taking any other shooter in this league over Desmond Bain, and that is an extremely valuable skill alongside John Moran. But back to Dylan Brooks. Dylan is on an expiring deal. There have been rumors of, and again, this is not confirmed, mm-hmm. but Jay Crowder. I thought he was a terrible fit with the Memphis Grizzlies, but lots of people in Memphis love him. And Dylan Brooks for Jay Crowder financially, give or take a contract, I'm works. works. Yeah, you get a cheaper I'm version. I wouldn't do it again because yeah. I think Dylan fits. He's a very strong defender, and you need a dude like Dylan Brooks who's just going to be that ultra aggressive, get after you. You hate him if he's on the opposing team, but you love him if he's on yours. He is very much that for the Grizzlies. So I'm not sure what that looks like in terms of an extension. Again, you want to talk about somebody who loved what Tyler Hero got. I don't know that I'm ready to say that Brooks is better than Tyler Hero. The gap (laughs) ain't that big. And if that dude's getting four years, 130 mil. Dylan Brooks is probably saying, "I'm in the hundred million dollar <laughs> range. And I'm not sure that I want to give 25 million to Dylan Brooks, even with a new TV contract." No, that's true. So that's true, yeah. <laughs> I, I think you could see. You got to remember the Grizzlies have all their first round draft picks plus the Golden State pick in 2024. I, I'm gonna bring this full circle because I think we talked about this a little bit last year before the Celtics shut everybody up. What if the Celtics this year, because of all the issues they have, right. go in the tank? Dylan Brooks and Xavier Tillman, and Danny Green, the, the the contract of Danny Green that the Grizzlies have in three or four first-round picks, Jalen Brown. I knew you were going to say yeah.
1: it. <laughs> I knew he was hey. going to
2: say it, Ben. I I, that's gonna probably not going to happen. But my point <laughs> is, Dylan is the most huh. movable asset that the Grizzlies have in terms of could he be someone who stays the entire season and just leaves in free agency? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Could he be a sign-and-trade guy to help somebody that's over the cap? potentially, they have the ability to utilize Dylan in a variety of ways. And oh by the way, very few players not named Jaw and Desmond impacted winning as much last season as Dylan Brooks did. So he's a good guy to have on your roster if you're trying to make a legitimate championship run. And by all intents and purposes, even though they lost Kyle Anderson and DeAnthony Melton, they keep saying we are a our focus is a championship. Ja Morant says our focus is a championship. The front office has done nothing to suggest that that's their focus. They have not made a <laughs> contender trade, but they have built themselves into a contender in the way that we mentioned earlier through trades, smaller scale trades and the draft. Maybe they are. Maybe they continue to buck that trend and and they see what Dylan Brooks can be and it's quiet in Memphis again come the trade deadline, but I would be I would be surprised if you don't at least hear rumblings of a Dylan Brooks deal Dylan Brooks deal. If for no other reason than Zaire Williams maybe has a great start to his season. And they want to put him in a starting larger role as opposed to the bench role. He's probably going to start the year off. In.
1: Now we've mentioned what Zaire Williamson. We've mentioned Xavier Tillman. We've mentioned uh, Steven Adams. We've mentioned mm-hmm. Desmond Bain. We've mentioned some players on this Memphis Grizzly roster, but if you could name just one more player that you believe is going to make an impact for this Memphis Grizzly team, Who would it be
2: outside of John Morant, who I also already talked about?
1: Yes,
2: (laughs) it's going to be Tyus Jones. And that's probably a name that you guys maybe now that you've heard it would expect. John's going to miss time. I think it's unrealistic to expect John Morant to play 82 games the way he plays. I do think you'll see some adjustments in terms of how he plays. I expect his mid-range game not to be like Chris Paul or somebody like that. But I think you'll see growth there. I think he'll be a continued 35-ish percent three-point shooter. So he'll be better at scoring at all three levels. But what makes John Morant, you know, one of the top ten players in the world is his ability to get to the basket. He's going to take contact. He's going to need to sit at times. I think we just need to accept that as Grizzlies folks. So that's part of the reason why they signed Tyus Jones to a two-year, $30 million contract to be that best backup point guard in the NBA, start 15 to 20 games. And he's in a spot to help you keep the ball rolling. And that's also why low key, another random Grizzlies name to mention, <laughs> Kennedy Chandler signed to one of the most second-round yeah. picks in the history of the yeah. NBA. That doesn't mean he's going to play right now, but I think that tells you that the Grizzlies see value in him, especially once that Tyus Jones contract runs out, maybe they are, uh, going to lean on him a little bit more in terms of his productivity, not necessarily this year, but in the years to come. So I think it's Tyus Jones because he's going to be the one that's going to be able to keep the ship rolling even when Morant is out. Because again, Morant is fantastic, top 10 player in the NBA. I believe all that to be true. I also believe what makes him great is what's going to lead to him missing 15 to 20 games this year. You need someone that'll help you win games still, even when your best player is out. Tyus has proven that he can do that.
0: All right, let's finish it off with uh, how we did it last year as well. Bold prediction time. Oh,
2: yeah. You've already kind of t- give us one.
0: You have. You, give, you give us really just, One, four. I've, I've already planned to post like a screenshot of our faces just lighting up as a promo <laughs> for the podcast. Just, oh, my God. I but, like that. If you have one prediction and this is even like it, it can be less realistic, but something you think has at least over, you know, a 1% chance of happening. What, what's a bold take, a, a hot prediction of something that may happen statistics wise, playoff chances, trades, pickups, whatever it may be for the Grizzlies. What's a hot take of yours?
2: Hot take of mine. Like you said, I already gave you guys some. You have um, so many. <laughs> I, I, I Drop it. Well, hot that's hot. why you guys keep bringing me on the show. I, I bring the hot takes. <laughs> um, and at least there's some logic along them. Along the way, yeah. Uh, I think my hot take for you guys, and I've said this a couple times elsewhere, but it's the one I'm the most confident in. Okay. Uh, Desmond Bain will be an All-Star reserve. Uh, that that is my hot take, and part of that is because who left the Western Conference? Donovan Mitchell is gone. That opens up spacing in terms of having another guard there. I think Bain's going to take another step because Bain's game is not about athleticism. Anything that Bain does athletically is icing on it's the cake. A plus. yeah, he's going to see increased usage. He's going to see increased opportunity within the Grizzlies scheme. He is going to have teams that are going to say, there's the shooter, there's the shooter. And he's grown his game enough that he can create off the dribble. He can get to the basket, not at ease, but relatively simply compared to what he did two years ago as a rookie. So I think you're going to see him take another step. I think that he's going to be a coach's selection for the all-star team as a reserve
1: okay now i gotta put you on the spot now i gotta think of who all it's 12 it's 12 spots on that roster being so i gotta count them out now who who can make it and who cannot make it devin devin booker you got lebron you got mm-hmm. damian lillard you got you got jai's teammate i'm trying who else is out there being help me out uh you got <laughs>
0: i'm trying to figure out paul, what Ge- with this <laughs> paul george
1: Kawhi well, Leonard, all, all the, the roster- roster- spots for the west for the all-star team for him to make it i gotta think.
2: He got a, he got a chance. He definitely has a chance. You're assuming a lot of health for a lot of those guys. That's true. true. That, is true. Sure. that is true. That is true. I'm not true. I'm not wishing lack of health on anybody. I just talked about John Morant. It's possible Jaw gets. I hope not. Knock on wood. Uh, it's possible Jaw gets hurt and Desmond has to step up as that number one option. Um, but I think that you'll see. You're right. It's it's a bit of a numbers crunch, but especially with Mitchell out, I think that opens up some opportunity. Yeah, and I think you'll see Bain in that. Reserve conversation.
0: I like it.
1: I like it too. That's the way to end. That's the perfect way to end it. Joe, you <laughs> are a treasure, sir. You done gave us all uh, the hot but... takes. Man, just tell the people where they can find your work, sir.
2: Absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Mullinax. Uh, you can look up Locked On Grizzlies on YouTube. Literally anywhere you get a podcast, you can get Locked On Grizzlies. Michael Cole and I uh, will be putting out content every single day there, five days a week, nice. as part of the Locked On Network. Uh, I do some writing over at the at FanSided in the Step Back. Uh, John Morant was recently voted number one among all twenty-five, or he was the top twenty-five under twenty-five lists at the top of it, um, and. You will never know how many angry Dallas Mavericks fans there are on. Oh yeah. I'm already, you know, a decent (laughs) idea of how many there are because they were in my mentions that entire day. I didn't vote. I just wrote, and I had a chance to write about Jaws. So I'm going to keep writing for fan sided and write some other places. I'm a freelance writer. Uh, Hit me up on Twitter at Joe Mullen Happy to help out. Uh, I'm proud of GBB. It's grown a ton and Parker's doing a great job over there. But like I said, at the beginning, it was time to let him take it and make it his and, I just wasn't ready to be done just yet. So, anybody <laughs> yes. that needs hot takes, holla at your boy.
1: Oh yeah, holla at my boy, Perfect. Joe Mullinax. Man, we appreciate you again, sir.
2: Thank you, guys. Appreciate y'all anytime.